Hello and welcome to Weeb's Palm. We talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host Bobby and today I am solo once again. And today we are going to be talking about the time I am reincarnated as a slime season one. So as always, spoilers ahead. So the series is animated by 8-bit and directed by Yashito Kikokuchi. The series aired from October 2nd, 2018 to March 19th, 2019. This series is simulcast by Crunchyroll with Funimation streaming an English dub as it airs. This season, the series ran for 24 episodes and an original anime animation DVD was originally scheduled to release on March 29th of 2019, bundled with the 11th manga volume, but it was delayed until December 4th, 2019, bundled with the 13th manga volume. A second DVD was released July 9th, 2019, with the 12th volume, and there was also three more. The If you guys don't know what this is, shame on you. Shame. Shame on you. No. <laughs> This is probably one of my favorite fantasy animes. I've caught up on all the manga. I've seen all the anime, and I am still watching it every time the new chapter comes, or I should say reading it every time the new chapter comes out. But to give you a quick synopsis, Satoru Miyakami is a typical corporate worker who is perfectly content with his monotonous lifestyle. One day, he falls victim to a random assailant on the streets and is stabbed. However, while succumbing to his injuries, a particular voice echoes in his mind, which the dying man cannot make sense of. He regains consciousness only to discover that he has been reincarnated as a slime in another world. He has acquired newfound skills, the power to devour anything and mimic its appearance and abilities. He then stumbles upon a catastrophe-level monster, Storm Dragon Valdora, who had been sealed away for many years. Satoru prevents him, promising to assist in destroying the seal. In return, Valdora bestows upon his name Rimuru Tempest to grant him divine protection. Now liberated from his past life, Rimuru embarks on a new journey with a distinct goal in mind. As he grows accustomed to his new physique, his gooey antics ripple throughout the world, gradually altering his fate. In other words, he's been isekai'd into a slime. Hence the really long name. So, as uh, we mentioned, he we see him as Satoru as typical business man as he goes to meet one of his kohai who was going to essentially show off his girlfriend because he didn't have one during this time uh, a robber was in the process of like stealing a purse or something and he kind of got in the way and got stabbed and then he slowly reincarnates into a slime and at first he can't see anything and he learns there's a voice in this side his head uh, that he's named Sage. And he learned that he essentially got it because it was like his dying wish before he got reincarnated. So without anything better to do, since he doesn't know where he's at, he can't see anything. He just goes and starts devouring everything in this cave. Uh, herbs, ores, everything until he finally meets someone who is i think he if i'm not mistaken sorry it's been a while since i've watched the very first episode i believe he speaks telepathically at first uh to rimaru and it's valdora and he teaches him how to do magic sense or whatever they call it in that world and with that he's able to use the magic or molecules, magic, magicules, I believe they, uh, it's pronounced, around the air to finally see, and we can finally see what uh, the cave is like that R Rimuru is in. And he, of course, meets the big ass dragon. And he gets 
really scared because all of a sudden a giant ass dragon is right in front of him and but that was like hey you said you want to be scared and so they calmed down and they finally start to talk uh, this is where we learn that he has actually imprisoned here and he's imprisoned here from the hero who put this infinity who had the infinity prison skill 300 years ago so he's been lonely and now he's finally got his first talking partner in 300 years so after they uh talk they decide to come up with uh names for each other because he didn't want to go uh by sato and he or veldora Veldora names him Rimuru, and in return, Rimuru gives him the, like, last name Tempest. So they both end up sharing the family name Tempest. He becomes Veldora Tempest, and he becomes Rimuru Tempest. So after talking to the Great Sage, his, one of his abilities, uh, he learns he has another ability, Predator, which he was using to absorb everything that's kind of been in this void in his stomach that he can bring out anytime he wants so he comes up with an idea to essentially eat Valdora and keep him inside his stomach so one he gets to he doesn't have to be lonely anymore he essentially gets to be with Rimuru everywhere he goes and he can work on great stage can work on seeing if there is a way to break this spell so after that, he goes around and fights off a couple more monsters and runs into a bat because he learns that when he uses Predator, he can actually mimic the creatures and steal their abilities. And he goes and tries to find this bat monster so he can essentially mimic vocal cords and he learns to slowly be able to speak. So now with that, he decides to it's time to leave the cave and as he's making his way to the cave we run into three adventurers uh, who are here because of the disappearance of Veldora once he was inside Rimuru the whole world basically knew all of a sudden this powerful entity is gone which kind of threw the Jura forest which is where this cave was located into a whole mess because he was essentially like their protector and kind of kept the ecosystem at bay so after leaving the cave the very first village he encounters is a village of goblins who seem very weary and not the most well equipped as you could imagine the Goblins also uh, fear Rimuru at first because he doesn't realize he's leaking out all his power. He takes a few minutes to learn how to control that, and he is taken to the Goblin Village where it is pretty much looks like a, a wind breeze would destroy this village. Uh, he found out that the direwolves have been attacking them because of Veldora's disappearance that used to kind of protect the goblins because of everyone was so fearful of the presence but now that it's gone he is op they are open to attack so Ramu decides that he will protect the goblins and that night the direwolves arrive to try to take over as the new rulers of the Jura forest of course it doesn't go well as Ramu Deke literally decapitate I don't I can't say that word cuts off the head of the leader star wolf or the dire wolf I should say and takes over and uses predator to basically swallow his body take over their appearance and to try to dissuade the other wolves uh, from going but instead because they have this like pack mentality seeing the leader fall and seeing the new stronger leader they all pretty much swear loyalty and we get one of the best characters ranga as his pretty much like almost right hand man at this point and once they are able like once this fight's over 
they decide that the goblins and direwolves are now going to live in peace. And he's he asks them about like what's what are their names because he's like you can't just keep calling them you or goblin because there's so many goblins, and they're like oh we don't have names. He's like oh I'll give you a name then, and everyone's overjoyed because he doesn't realize uh, the weight of names at this point. So he goes and ends up naming every goblin in this village and every dire Well, he ends up naming Ranga, Ranga, but because of like the wolves are a pack, as long as you just name one, all the wolves underneath them get the same treatment. So they only had to name, he only had to name one. And uh, we'll learn later, like I said, spoilers alert, already that naming gives them a better boost in power because the very next day he wakes up and finds some unfamiliar faces because the goblins evolved into hobgoblins and he this is where you finally learn of the evolution of monsters by giving them names from like a superior species giving uh, a inferior species a name so basically anyone more powerful than you if they give you a name you have a chance to evolve and grow stronger so now that the direwolves and goblins are all nice and together now they run into the next issue which is none of them know any like fine craftsmanship so all the houses they made are still pretty much trash so this is where we learn of Dwargon, which is the city of dwarves, who the King Gaziel, Dwargo, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, he's been king for the, like the past hundred years, and essentially no one has been able to take over, uh, like he's like everyone kind of like knows how powerful he is even like the demon lords don't really i mean i'm not saying they uh he could defeat most of them uh i think there's probably a few he could he could defeat i'm not 100 percent up to date on power levels currently but anyways uh they he has enough respect and everything that he has a very well fine country because it's mostly uh dwarves although there are elves there as well and so knowing this he makes his way to dwargon where uh, he ends up getting in a fight because uh someone makes fun of the goblins he's with and they get into a little scuffle and end up getting thrown in jail but when he's in jail one of the guards come in and say hey people have been severely wounded uh, we need help and Rimuru comes and gives them a restoring medicine because a lot of the herbs he ate when he was still in the cave he's able to now transfer those or transmute those into healing medicines essentially and because of that he is able to uh, help three uh, very successful blacksmith the Kajin brothers and helping and because of that uh he is trying to recruit them but unfortunately at first he is denied because he hasn't he has to fulfill an order of magic long swords to uh give to the king because of he basically he I want to say tricked, but got provoked into doing it. And he was able to make one successfully, but he had to make, I think, like 14 of them or something like that. And so, because of the order, he couldn't leave. So, Rimuru takes in the sword, has Great Sage analyzes it, and finds out that some of the ore he did take is magical ore, and he's able to reproduce all the magic long swords that he can and so now with that as a celebration they go to this elf bar and at this little elf bar uh of course all the elves love the cute little slime but there is a fortune teller who decides to give him a fortune reading and there we are 
shown Rimner's destined one, showing him a vision of a girl parting ways with her family, which is essentially more just like other kids. I think in... Sorry if I get a few things mixed up from the manga and the anime. I think in the anime, you just see her and then all the kids. But in the manga, you see a couple different people. Uh, then afterwards, Vestia, the minister who ordered the swords, arrives and insults Rimuru. And because of this, Kajin, the dwarf who had essentially thinks of Rimuru as his savior, not only because he saved his life, but because he helped fulfill those orders, punches him in anger, resulting in both Rimuru and the other dwarves getting arrested once again and put on trial. This is where we meet the hero king, Gaziel Drogo, uh, which he has a history with Kajin and his brothers because they've long been friends and he's always been supportive of the king. And essentially, he decides that they are to be exiled. And he, Kajin, agrees without hesitation. And Rimuru is like, are you sure this is okay? And he goes, what are you talking about? Uh, didn't you already offer me work? And so he now has a group of very talented blacksmiths and other craftsmen to now bring back to his village. And after this, Vestia realizes uh King Gaziel asks Vestia like do you realize what you had just done and he shows him the healing potion that was used to bring back people and we get like a flashback of Vestia about how uh he just wanted to serve the king as great as he could and the mistake he had and blah 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 all that uh it's Really nice to like actually watch, but like going over it, it's kind of just like, eh, you can see for yourself because he does come back. Uh, I don't, I'm trying to remember if he comes back in this season or not. Uh, I can't remember. I know where this season ends. I don't, so that might have been an, a slight spoiler, but like I said, there was going to be spoilers throughout this. So now, after being exiled from the nation Dorgon, Rimuru and the Doors return back to their village of goblins. And when they arrive, a lot of the goblins uh, from other villagers decide to come. Now there's like thousands of goblins, and they all wanted to be named by Rimuru. So he actually goes and names each and every one. Obviously, we don't see that, but he does. Now... We get a cut to the three adventurers that we saw originally who uh, went to investigate the cave and they provoked some kind of monster ant thing and are running away. And Shizunu, one of the newer people of this group, manages to defeat one of them, but then another one comes up behind and typical main character fashion, Rinru comes in just the right amount of time and saves them using Water Blade or something like that. He has a lot of skills, okay? But I'm pretty sure it was Water Blade. And after that, uh, he decides to uh, take them home. And during this, uh, Shizu, because I think Rinru made a, a comment, I'm not a bad slime. And Shizu, I think I'm pronouncing that name right. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, she's the only one that laughs. And the other three are confused. But she's like, I agree with this slime. We should trust him. And they're like, okay, let's trust him. Because they're a little confused because they're like, can monsters really be trusted? And on its way back, she reveals, she's like, what nation do you come from? And at first he's like, uh, we don't really have a nation yet. And he goes, no, that thing you said before, that's from a video game. And we find out that she is also a reinc or a summoned person uh, from Japan, but she's from a much, much older time. And we learned of how she was summoned during a like great fire 
by uh, Demon Lord Leon. Of course, we don't know his name at this point, but for easier sakes and purposes, I'll say his name. Uh, and she was pre- uh, possessed by the fire spirit Ifrit. Ifrit? Ifrit, I think. And we get the recall of uh, the anger she felt with him uh, residing in her and uh, she was made to kill uh, this little monster or animal type thing that uh, she wanted to like befriend and she kind of got that like Spartan treatment and just as uh, they get back in time they get to the village enjoy themselves and just as she is getting prepared to leave uh, Ifrint starts to take control of her body and uh, she starts to shoot flames and everything against the village. This is why she kept saying uh, she tried to get away because she kind of felt this coming on. And they managed to like take the fight away, away from the village. And this is where they kind of get into a fight. And at first... Rimuru gets uh, freaked out because he gets hit by this like fire glass and Great Sage is like, yeah, uh, by the way, you're uh, immune to fire attacks. And so he's like, oh, well, ain't that convenient. And so he tries to use his water attacks, but his water attacks aren't proving effective. And that's when one of the uh, adventurers, Aaron, uh, she uses ice magic and finds out that it actually hit him. So she tells him to rumor tells her to use it again and he absorbs the ice magic analyzes it and now he's able to use ice magic and he uses that to weaken ifrit and eventually uses predator to take ifrit away into his little stomach and kind of free shizu shizu i think that's how you guys and after that shizu falls unconscious so, after she finally regains consciousness, uh, she tells her about uh, Leon and how uh, everything that she went through, uh, the her past life and everything like that, and how she's she's actually been alive, I think, for like hundred years or something like that because of the spirit possessing her body and now her life's slowly coming to an end and so she asks Rimuru if she can get devoured inside Rimuru because he was able to project his thoughts and show Shizu of what the country turned out how her Uh, old village that was on fire is now like a thriving city and so she doesn't want to die in this world she wants to die as a Japanese and so he takes on the wish and devours her body letting her pretty much be at peace and this is where he gets his new humanoid form which is what I'm sure everyone is familiar with and just before this happens uh the adventurers and everyone uh, come in and he explains everything of like why he did this uh, his uh, the last wishes and they all pretty much uh, thank Shizu again for coming on the journeys before uh, they are given equipment and parted ways to essentially tell their king of like to become an alliance with them they want to become an official nation and so obviously they have good opinions of them and so they set them off and now this is where Rimuru gets kind of like his next goal in life and that is to take down Leon for everything he put Shizu for Then after this, they are right after right after this. Rumor gets a uh, thought transmission from one of the guards that 
uh, they have trespassers going and he goes to fight them and when he gets there he is met face to face with six ogres who are soon become pretty much like leading forces of uh, this going uh, the great force of Jura which is kind of I think the official name of this place right now they changed the name a couple times so I'm not 100% sure and doing this they fight because the mask that is a memento from Shizu they think is a map from one of the demons that attacked their village. So that's why he ends up fighting, but afterwards he single-handedly basically defeats all of them. Um, they Halfway through the fight, um, one of them decides like, hey, maybe we should actually trust them, and... He shows his real form, which is a slime, and they kind of are convinced that he is not the demon who went and destroyed the country. So he decides to take them back, and they get to have a banquet. They love to have their banquets and anything to celebrate back at the great forest of Jura. There he says, the ogres got destroyed by the orcs. And he's like, well, if you have nowhere to stay, why don't you stay with us? So they take a little time to think of it. And Rimuru, they decide to accept Rimuru. And he gives name to all six of them, which ends up causing him to once again get low on Magicools and have to basically like power down. And when he wakes up, we get to see that all the ogres evo evolved into the highest race, Oni. And all this is happening, we see a glimpse of an army of 200,000 orcs making their way towards the Lizardmen residents who are attempting preparations for backup to fend them off, realizing that the enemy leader may be the legendary fearsome monster known as the Orc Lord. So, once they figure this out, the king sends Gabriel, one of the lizardmen who actually received a name from a different demon, uh, is tasked to go to the goblin village to round up, pretty much back up, to help them fight against the orcs. So, when he gets there, uh, everyone he's basically saying like, oh, you guys are puny insignificant weaklings that we can protect you and then he realizes like all of them are like hot goblins and then there's a couple onis and a slime and he's like uh something's not right and so he ends up getting into a duel with gabta one of the goblins and he loses and is being sent away later on during this uh, they, Rimuru is approached by a, a dryad named Trenni, who is referred to as the governor of the forest, or governor of the forest, I think, and actually asks him to defeat the Orc Lord. And she explains that the Orc Lord has uh, evolved and gained a Starved One ability on the Orcs, causing them to constantly crave sustenance and even eat their own to gain more power. Essentially like Predator, but a kind of more corrupt version because the one orc can give it to all the other orcs, but because of this, they basically lose their mind and have to constantly be feasting. And so after this, uh, Rimuru decides, all right, I need to go in. Uh, I will accept this because everyone's like, oh, Rimuru can do it. Everyone has so much faith in him. So he's like, all right. Uh, so he sends Soye, one of the Onis, to go to the Lizmen and tell them about the Alliance and about to beware of your back. And what he meant by that is we end up finding out that originally, uh, their plan was successful 
because the lizard men can fight in the swamps they have like this web footing that allows them to pretty much like ski in the water and they're able to hold them back and fight a more defensive war that's been going on for about like three days while they're waiting for Rimuru to bring his forces and obliterate the army essentially. Well, Gabriel ends up getting swayed by the demon that named him, uh, Gumud? I think it's how you pronounce his uh, name, and basically is like, oh, your father's grown old, you could easily wipe him out, why don't you do it? And he's persuaded and basically has a coup and tells the lizardmen that they need to go on the offensive and because of the younger people, they all agree because they're like, oh, why are we only fighting on the defense for the past three days? Why don't we actually go on? And this is where he learns the horror of the Orc Lord because he watches one of his uh, compatriots get eaten alive by the Orcs and they all gain the ability or they adapt with web feet and now they're on equal footing. So now with all lives, uh, all the all their lives uh, getting surrounded, uh, we get to see what happened with uh, the chief and the daughter managed to to run away and inform Rimuru about what is happening, and this causes them to hasten their plan, and they quickly are met on the battlefield against the orcs, and. With this, they are easily able to suppress them. And uh, sorry, I got confused. Uh, they were fighting, and they were easily able to overwhelm them. And we meet the demon lord that caused all this, and the he's trying to make him become, or yeah, he's trying to make guild into the orc disaster to a new demon lord and what happens is Geld actually kills the demon lord that named him absorbs his power and he does become the orc disaster but Rimuru decides to uh eat him as well and we kind of get a flashback of everything of how everything came to be and what pretty much led him here his uh, place was starving uh he already had like a regenerate ability i'm assuming because in the flashback he like cuts off his own arm for uh kids little kids to eat and he was basically promised power that he would be able to save him and Rimuru is like uh and he can't stop now because if he does uh he knows the atrocities that he's commit and he's like it's only on me i i essentially forced him to do this so if he stops now all his clan will be destroyed and rumor is like no i'll take it upon myself i'll take care of it and because of that he's able to go in the afterlife and peace and so after this is all done uh there is a treaty or a peace agreement between uh Rimuru the Lizardmen, the Orcs, and the Dryads came as a testament, and they became now the Jorah Forest Alliance, and the Chancellor is now Rimuru. And now, with this newfound status, uh, King Gaziel decides to come for a visit, and is headed over Vestia, who now becomes a researcher. And with this, the orcs also become under the command of Rimuru and basically become the driving labor force of the new alliance, city, foundation, whatever it is at this point. <laughs> it changes quite frequently. But Rimuru is the leader. And when he comes, Dorgon become, or I should say, King Gazio, and his country Dorgon become allied nations to Tempest, who I believe is what they called the founding city and or country, 
whatever it's called. And so this officially gives them officiality because a notable kingdom is recognizing this country of monsters. And that becomes a big deal. And with this, new problems. And one of those new problems comes from Demon Lord Milliam. So after this orc disaster fiasco failed, uh, there was a person acting behind the scenes watching all this named Clayman. And because of this, they are the Demon Lords are like, hey... They're like they have their own set of rules, and the forest has always kind of been off limits thanks to Veldora. But because Veldora is gone, now they're kind of like, oh, now it's like free game, but like you can't. They have this whole rule system that uh, it's easier to watch than to you, pretty much kind of explain. But Milliam basically goes and is like, oh, I'm just going to go visit and say hi. And when she comes, she's known, she's a catastrophic level threat, just like Veldora, because she is one of, if not the most powerful demon lords, for sure, at least at this moment, and I'm pretty sure uh, moving on, too. She's always been one of the top strongest. And when this happens, of course, all the Onins who are super protective of Rimuru immediately start to attack. And she doesn't really show hostility. I mean, she fights back, but she never really goes on the offensive. And Rimuru is like, all right, then how about this? I'll give one attack. And if you can, if my one attack proves ineffective, you win. But if it's effective, you will stop uh this and she's like fine but if you lose you become my subordinate and it's a deal and we find out he actually uses sweet honey to tempt Milliam Milliam and she's like oh, I want more and she's like well if you go rampaging or if you say you lost you can ha- have more but she's like I can't she's like how about a draw and they're like, fine. And she actually ends up declaring them to be best friends. So now he has a new country and now best friends with a demon lord. Can only go up from there. So <laughs> from there, we see Vestia, who succeeds in developing the full potion equal to Rimuru's potions that he's been working on since he's got here. We get to see kind of like... A glimpse of Vestia more happy, more relaxed, actually being able to do what he wants. And with uh, the alliance with uh, Thorogon, they do share this information, which is kind of the reason why they gave Vestia there in the first place. And so with this, because uh, Milium decided to come, uh, there's also people from Demon Lord Carrion. Carrion? who is the leader of like the beastmen and there is notably the three beasketeers one of them phobia pho pho- phobio phobio uh, who came to uh, tempest is beaten squarely by Milam because uh, for some i forget he made fun of her for being short or something basically uh, made fun of and they or he gets beaten up to a pulp pretty much in one punch and in there he tries to act all like high and mighty and saying like oh you guys should be thankful for it and Rubenu basically threatens back saying oh so I can take your words as his and that you want to basically have war with us and because of that he like is caused to back off and he gets humiliated in this thing and he he doesn't take it very good and so after he leaves he is enticed or enticed 
I think is the word, uh, by this clown-looking demon named Tyr and Footman, who convinces Phobio a way to get more power, and that is to absorb the power of Charibis, Caribis, Caribis, the legendary creature from like Odysseus, I think is what it's originally from. And with that, he is literally absorbed into this like flying whale, catastrophic level threat. And because of this, uh, Milam wants to, originally is like, hey, I'll go defeat it. But everyone's like, Rimuru is like, oh, perfect, problem solved in his mind. But everyone is like, oh, don't worry. Uh, this is Jura's or Tempest's problem, not you, because they're not officially like in an alliance or anything like that because of the, like the whole demon lord rules and stuff like that. They couldn't. Uh, I kind of forget exactly why, but essentially it's like, oh, this is our problem. You're a guest here. You, uh, you don't need to be here. But they also get assisted by a hundred Pegasus Knight from Thorgon because they are in alliance with them. And so they are able to help. Like I said, it's really weird why they wouldn't let Milim help, but the Pegasus Knights. Uh, but the Pegasus Knights are able to help against the Megalodons, who are like a smaller version of uh, Chipperit. Chipridis, whatever, however Charbidis you pronounce that. And so everyone is able to take care of the Megalodons and everything, but everyone is having trouble with the main guy himself. And when he goes to shoot like this all-powerful attack, Ramun shows his new ability called Gluttony. Sorry, I almost forgot it. Gluttony, which is a evolution of or fusion of his predator skill and his start one he got from the orc lord and now it evolved into an ultimate skill which i believe is the highest class of skill uh gluttony and he's able to absorb any prowl and through this exactly i kind of forget the specifics but it's learned that phobio is the one that's actually partly in here and he even like manages to say madam or like basically her name or something in which case it's like oh this isn't a, a threat for just us this is actually uh, a conflict between him and milam so he's like hey you can actually fight now uh but spare his life and so she's like okay and we get to see how she basically one-shots this monster, and Rimuru helps bring back Phobio's uh, life back with, like, his healing medicine potion thing that's already in his body, and this is right after, and, like, right after this, uh, Demon Lord Carrion arrives, and he watched everything happen, and how he actually saved one of his uh, trusted subordinate's life, because, like I said, he is one of the three Biscuiteers, one of the highest like ranking people there in the society and because of his society it's always like strength is what they admire and he clearly showed that so he's like is there anything you would want let me know and he's like well how about a non-aggression pack with Jura Tempest to with his country which he agrees so now once again, they get <laughs> Tempest celebrates another victory against Charbotus and the treaty with the Beast Kingdom, Eurasania. I think I'm pronouncing that. And this is where Milam kind of starts telling, like, "Hey, why don't you just become a uh, demon lord?" Because uh, they said they weren't going to let demon lords. Uh, interfere with Tempest they were going to just kind of let it see what it does but obviously that all kind of didn't go exactly how it went <laughs> so she talks about like what the possibilities of uh going to become a demon lord and then just leaves because she forgets something that she needs to go taken care of 
And so now Rumoru is just kind of left dumbfounded. And now his new country is now allied with Dwarkon and is now in a non-aggression pack or at least some kind of trade pack or whatever you want to uh, call it with the Beast Kingdom, which is highly valued. And we learn a little bit down the road of the Human Kingdom... What is it? Bell... Belmunut? Belmend? Something like that. The one with the three adventures we met earlier there is essentially saying like, hey, build a trusted... Uh, build a trusted alliance with them. So after this, after the night celebrating... Rumor goes to sleep and uh, is dreamed of Shizu and her regret to help the five children, which this all happens in the dream, and he realizes those children were the people he saw back uh, at the fortune teller place. So with this, he decides to head to the kingdom of Ingracia, one of the other human kingdoms with Avranga. And there he meets up with a person known as Yuki Kagurazaka and immediately almost gets into a fight because he sees the resemblance of Shizu and once he gets to tell him that he's also a Japanese person and the whole story Yuki is like okay I believe you and not only that he is Yugi is also a reincarnated person who arrived here before him, and so he's able to bring out some manga that Yugi's like, oh my god, that's the one regret I have about this place is there's no manga, and obviously because he re uh, reincarnated so earlier, some of the manga he has read has actually ended, and he's like, oh my god, and he's like, and basically he becomes friends right away with them because Rimuru is supplying him with manga. <laughs> which I always thought was funny. And essentially with this, he is able to become the teacher where Shizu was originally because there have been actually multiple summoned kids from multiple countries, and that's essentially what this, uh, what these kids are. But the problem is, I forget entirely. It's like because they were summoned or they were failed products or something because of the magic rules of how strong they can and can't control it. They don't live to be, uh, they don't live to be very long. And because of this, uh, he takes over their teachings and uh, slowly becomes friends with them. At first, not so much, but they soon see his power and see his relationship with their old teacher that they end up respecting him enough to at least call him a teacher. And during this time, trainee the Dryad actually informs Rimuru there is a way you can save the kids, but you need to go to the dwelling of spirits because she once served the queen of spirits. And that's how she knows of this place. And so she sets off or she, Rimru, sets off on a place or tries to find the dwelling of spirits. Basically, this like spirits den. And when they're there, they find the entrance to uh, this labyrinth only to be attacked by a golem. But Rimru pretty much destroys it with ease. And the spirit Lamris, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, she is this very small and very energetic, let's say, fairy. And she claims that she is the fairy queen and a demon lord. Rimuru is very skeptical because he knows a demon lord, demon lord Milam. And when he says that, she's like, if all the demon lords were as strong as her, the world would be destroyed five times over by now. Essentially saying, like, she's an odd one. Like, not everyone is as super strong as she is. And uh, with that, though, because uh, 
he destroyed her like prize golem. Rimuru offers to uh, make another one in exchange for helping. And so he makes this doll and actually summons an archdemon. Or not an archdemon, but some a greater demon. That's what it was. And uh, possessed it and is able to act as the new bodyguard. And because of this, uh, she... She helps the kids call forth spirits that each one happens to uh, different like element, light, fire, water, earth, all that stuff, and is able to, with the help of Rimuru, able to help fuse it together to stabilize their magicules, so essentially curing them of whatever isekai virus they had. And so now... As long as they live proper lives, they can live to be proper humans. However, that is. Uh, what we see after this is he is on his way home. And we see when all this is happening with the spirits and the summoning that some like archdemon observes him. And he's like, ah finally the time or something ominous sort of like that but that's not the only thing ominous that's left with us as he is on his way back to tempest he finds out that there is someone or we are left with seeing someone in armor a woman in armor clothing following right behind him that is the end of season one. Uh, I, I know there's season two, part one and part two. I don't think there's a season three out yet. Uh, I know the manga is still ongoing. So we'll do, we'll probably, I haven't decided if I'm going to do season two, like part one and then season two part two yet and two separate videos or do season two altogether. Have to kind of see how much information is uh, put forth in each one. Uh, season one did have like 24 episodes so it was kind of a lot but it was also a lot of expository that I could have talked about as I think I've explained a pretty good amount uh, within the time frame I was allowed. I definitely... The don't get me wrong. The I still enjoy the anime. Uh, I definitely like the manga. Uh, the manga is has pretty long chapters. I think I know there's over a hundred. I forget it, the exact amount, but I do prefer the manga over the anime. Though the anime fights are really good, and what's coming up. <laughs> In season two, that incident. If uh, if you read the manga or even seen the anime, you know what I'm talking about. I don't. I don't know which one I like more. Cause I know, reading the manga, I was like, oh my god, because I had to wait for it to obviously happen and everything. So I might be a little biased towards that. But I think both of them are honestly really good. I do like the fact that they stopped season two like halfway because they were catching up to the manga and they waited for enough of the manga to proceed to finish season two. I do enjoy that. But yeah, like I mentioned before, this is one of my all-time favorite fantasy Definitely my favorite isekai because it has a lot of like world building into it and it's not, I feel like yes, it's focused on Rimuru, obviously he is a main character, but it's not just like focus on him like other isekais where it only shows like the main character and how he's overpowered and solves everything just like that. Don't get me wrong, Rimuru is overpowered, but like he still struggles with a few things here and there, like some problems obviously and like one major problem is coming up in season two 
So it does show kind of like vulnerability in him. And the fact that, like, like I said, I love the world building, the lore that they created in this. And the fact that, like, we got to see some of the behind the scenes of uh, Demon Lord Kit Layman, which I don't think I actually referenced him. It's my bad. Uh, he's the one that was uh, following uh, Tyr and Filtman that I mentioned earlier that helped lure uh, Fo- Phobio into uh, that transformation thing. And we get to see, like, behind the scenes of him. We get to see other characters as well. Uh, there's a lot of funny moments that I didn't get to discuss. Uh, Shion's cooking, for example, one of the Onis. Uh, Benny Maru is, like, the leader, the general, uh, the young prince of the Ogres. Uh, he's a really cool character. I love him. Suwe. I mentioned a little earlier, he's like the spy information type person. Because when they all evolved, what happened was they essentially all got an extra skill. One of the skills that Rimuru had, and they all make it like their own. Uh, Suwei's skill was the thread, and how he uses it is really cool. I love his character. I think he's really sweet. He's like the perfect spy information type character. So yeah, there's a lot of world building comedy that I didn't go over. This is just the main story focus that I went over. So definitely give it a watch. If you're also, it's not really a harem either. There's a couple people who obviously like Rimuru. Uh, <laughs> If you guys seen the anime, you know the two people I'm exactly talking about. But it doesn't... A lot of... I feel like a lot of isekais have that harem where, like, oh, you run into this chick. Oh, you run into this chick. Uh, and then the party's, like, five girls and just the main character. Where this one, you have Penimaru, you have Surya, you have Rickard, you have... Uh, uh, Gaziel, the hero king, you have the other demon lords, Veldora. Uh, you have, it's not, he's not surrounded by just female characters, which I think is a breath of fresh air. So definitely give it a try if you're interested in any isekai or fantasy. You're definitely going to love this. But I think I'm going to wrap that up here. It's a little shy of an hour, but. I could talk more about this, but also I realize <laughs> how hard this actually is doing it by myself without my co-host. Uh, you guys won't hear it because I'm hopefully you don't hear it and I edited all the parts out of me pausing to drink. But yeah, I had to pause a few times. <laughs> so I think I'm going to end it there. Uh, my question of the day is if you were... If you were in the world of, uh, in this world, and you were brought under, uh, Rimuru, what race would you have been? And if you would have been named by him and evolved, uh, what, what, what power of his would you have wanted? I think, I always, I like kobolds, um. I think they're cool kobolds and dragonborns in D&D. I've been making a lot of fun kobolds and uh, a dragonborn character that I really want to play. Because there's already goblins in there, so probably not a goblin. Or I was going to think of uh, a lizard man, too. They evolve into dragon newts. That's what Gabrielle uh, uh, is and everything. So I was trying to think of, like someone that wasn't already in there i don't technically think there's kobolds i'm trying to think i mean there's dragon newts which could be considered kobolds hmm i'm trying to maybe a minotaur then i don't think i've seen a minotaur uh so minotaur and i don't i don't exactly know what skill i would have to he has so many skills I would like some ice type skill. I I always love my I always love my ice. So probably Minotaur with some kind of ice skill. But 
that'll be it for this episode. So don't forget us uh, to show us some love and support at patreon.com slash weebspawn. Don't forget to follow us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at weebspawn. And you can contact us for future episodes or anything else at weebspawn at gmail.com. Also, we do have a fan subreddit, weebspawn, on Reddit. So check that out too. But that'll be it for me today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been your host, Bobby, and I'll see you next time when I weep spawn.